Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Dunk You Very Much, Central Taipei's number one English language NBA podcast, November 1st, 2017. Your host, Sam Yarbs. With me, as always, my co-host, Matthew Von Ryan. Sam, I'm excited to talk about NBA, but I gotta be honest, the haters are right. The NBA has no parody. The same two teams are on top of the, the conferences. Can we just skip to June and let the Magic and Clippers play? Let them play, boys. Let them play, yeah. Just like we called it in the preseason, right? Just like we called the it. Magic oh, going wire to wire, right? That was both of our predictions. <laughs> Holy shit, so man. Like Charlie getting the golden ticket. Just get them there. They punch their ticket. Get them to the finals. We know it's going to happen. Put them in. Put them in, man. Uh, it's been a crazy first couple of weeks in the NBA season. Uh, we left you without a drop for a long time. So we're coming back at you today with a little... Early season reaction right now. It's time. Enough time has gone for us to start to look at some of these early season trends. And uh, I want to know what you're buying and what you're selling. What's real? What's just noise? What can we take away from these first games? Like Zach Lowe says, every game is a data point, my friend. Exactly, yeah. I mean, our, our last podcast we talked, we're about three games in, I believe. And we kept saying, like, oh, well, it's only been three games. But, you know, to be honest, like, that's a lot more data points than we had all offseason when we were talking about NBA. So I think that's... Uh, you know, that was a good starting point, and now we have, you know, now we're eight games in. We got a, we got a good amount of Things data. are shaking up. Yeah, teams are on, on have had winning streaks. They've had losing streaks. They've had all sorts of things going on, and uh, the sample size is starting to get sorted out a little bit, you know. Uh, I've got a lot some of sample teams, size questions later. A lot of teams have had a chance to play the Suns, so it's starting to average out. <laughs> Portland <laughs> so, is no longer plus 28. Yeah, they're no longer <laughs> plus 28. <laughs> they're one of the only teams to have played the Suns. A bunch of other teams have had their shot down there. So, uh, yeah. So we're going to go through. Um, we've got a couple of things to pitch back and forth to each other. Some early season trends, and we want to know if, uh, if the other people are buying or selling. And we're going to break down some of the early season NBA action for you guys. Man, I'm excited. But, Sam, before we... We give them what they want. We got to tell them why we have been withholding. Sam, what's been up? We we haven't done a podcast in about a week. Uh, can you? I mean, because my uh, esteemed co-host is so famous, he, he travels internationally <laughs> to do comedy. Sam is the uh, the most successful. Uh, foreign comic in Taiwan. I, I think it's non-debatable. <laughs> yeah. Just like we are the best uh, English-speaking English podcast yeah, yeah. located in Taipei City, central area. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Sam, you had an opportunity to go to Hong Kong. That's and right. The Hong Kong and in the uh, comedy festival, the international comedy. That's festival. right. The Hong Kong International Comedy Festival, the eleventh year. Uh, the uh, Jamie Gong's run that over at uh, Takeout Comedy in Hong Kong. Uh, I flew in over the weekend for my shot in the preliminary rounds with ten. Fantastic comics from all around uh, Asia and all around. There's a couple comics from LA in my night as well. So we can say all around the world. It's yep. truly an international uh, competition. Uh, over 100 people apply to get into that one. It's, it's a fantastic competition. Uh, and I was lucky enough to finish second in my prelim night, which means I am on to the finals next weekend in Hong Kong. If you're there and you hear this one before it drops, please come and check that out. Uh, you can get your tickets to go. Um, takeoutcomedy.com that's and if you're going. checking for your pods on Sunday we don't got them Sam's, <laughs> gonna, Sam's fact man he, he's, he might be rich he might what's at stake what can you win here? oh the top prize is amazing top prize is a, is a whole stack of cash it's Hong Kong it's like 40,000 Hong Kong that's I think like, that's the same in USD uh, yeah, I think it's one to one. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's one to one. No, it's like uh, like almost like five k US, uh, and a couple of spots in in the United States, uh, an LA spot, a New York spot, and a spot I believe in in Minneapolis. So that's for the top spot. Second and third also get some spots in the United States, uh, a little mini tour, if you will, in the US, and a little bit of cash as well. Uh, for me, though, the real thing, the, the finals is going to be a stacked lineup. It's just a chance to get on stage in front of a huge crowd. Should be at least 500 people at this finals. 
and uh, and do my stuff with some other comedians that I really love and respect. So it's just all love in Hong Kong, man. It's, it's dope. Sam is a funny motherfucker. Take my word for it. It's one of like one of the reasons why we bonded. But uh, one of the things I'm really excited about is Sam really likes to get guests. Sam's really social. He's good at networking. And so when Sam, if if Sam wins, I'll maybe win. Sam wins. I, I'd be really excited if, if you could uh, take the podcast on the road, get some guest hosts, you know, get that New York vibe, that Absolutely. Minneapolis vibe, and talk to some fans of the local team. So you have that to look out for. So if you're out there, <coughs> if you're in Hong Kong, please go show up, support Sam. If not, yeah. fingers crossed. Holler at me for spots. Come on. Yeah, let's do it. I'll go to your town, man. I'll do. I'll tell jokes. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. So, yeah. Is, is there any, like, uh, any, any funny stories, any, any anecdotes, any shed some light? You know, none of us have, most people listening to this have never been to Hong Kong. We've never competed in Hong any Co- sort of festivals. So. Hong Kong is wild, man. Hong Kong is wild. I think the, 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 the funniest thing was the night. So you do the show. There's about 140 people at the club. You do the show. I had a good set. Lots of laughs. You get lots of love after. You get to go to this. Uh, there's a bar after where they do the after party. You get free drinks at the bar if you're one of the performers. You're kind of getting dap. You're getting love. Everyone's That's awesome. Coming and talking to you. A great set. You know, especially when you finish in the top three, you know you're going to the finals. You're getting some love from the, the previous night's competitors. I was the third night of three. So a lot of the comics who performed in the earlier nights were still there, meeting people from all around. Feeling like, let's be honest, feeling a little bit like you're on top of the world. It's a nice little ego boost to get that that bonus, everything like that. Uh, but I was in downtown Hong Kong on the on Halloween night. Isn't it fair to say all of Hong Kong is downtown? Pretty much, I've yeah. But this is parts, uh, uh, LKF. You know LKF or Central. This is Central downtown. Remember LKF Fong, on the hill. Infamous street. Woo. And, like, uh, I mean, girls are just killing it in their Halloween costumes. Guys are, everyone's out. It's just a pack. Oh, it's a mob shit, out. shit, there for Halloween, huh? So I'm trying to get a cab home at the end of the night after, you know, do a little late night food. And the line for cabs is just, a, is like, a mile long of just, of people dressed up to the to the tits and Halloween stuff. So I end up walking back to the place I'm staying. Just walking along the street, about 45 minutes walking. The next day I fly back in. I'm back to my school where I'm an English teacher here in Taiwan. Believe it or not. I'm dressed as a as Morio riding an inflatable Yoshi and one of my students has forgotten her pencil for probably the third time this month. So I'm, I'm, I'm talking to her about responsibility and yelling. <laughs> I just had this flashback to like just 24 hours ago I was feeling like the shit on the streets of Hong Kong. Like, oh, I'm this big comedy festival winner and now I'm dressed like fucking Morio <laughs> yelling at a girl about her pencil. Like Nothing like the nope. the day job to bring you back to earth, man. That'll, yeah, it really grounds you. <laughs> that'll turn it around for you, man. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of going out on the weekdays here in Taiwan. It's a pretty relaxed lifestyle. Most teachers teach about 20 hours a week. Yeah, it's uh, a Thursday night right now. We're doing this, yeah. Occasionally you get lucky, you meet a, a nice girl who's lucky or nice enough to uh, take you home and you feel like, man, you're on top of the world, you're the man, like maybe you guys want to travel together and then, nope, like next morning you're uh, teaching little kids who are picking their nose. And- hey, uh, Apple motherfucker. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Back at it. <laughs> it's a humbling experience, but it's, it also yeah. pays for our, our lifestyle and our habits and our addictions and yeah. our... The, the, the sweet beers and the, and the whiskey we're enjoying right now and, and the stuff we get to talk about and our um, our NBA League Pass, which we might refund. That replay TV is working out. All right. Uh, anyway, let's get to it, man. Let's get to the NBA action. Let's, um, let's get to the stuff. Uh, let me start off with a pitch right here. I think one of the premier stories of this early season. Matt, I want to know, are you buying or selling Giannis as MVP of the league this year? Man, I... I am buying it a hundred percent, man. Buying all my money. I don't even want to hear your other ideas. I'm investing hundred <laughs> percent of my net worth, my liquid assets into this. I saw him dunk on. Uh, I think he got a rebound dunk. I can't remember which team he played last night. Did you see that game? Uh, the the last night's game, not. Okay, so uh, 
he, he gets the rebound, and he's, he's standing about the three-point line. The rebound bounces off. He takes one step to get the rebound, another step to just jump. And just in these two, like, simple motions, like, you know, for me, I would, like, make a grunting sound to, <laughs> to do this. He just leaves so high that when the ball is at its apex, it's higher than the backboard. I watched this ten times just to watch, just to see, like, is it higher than the backboard? I can confirm that just not a running start, just he's he's standing, he takes one step, gathers the ball, next step just to, like, push off with his foot, apex above the backboard. I was thinking, like, you know, who could block that? Like, even you have... No one boxing out DeAndre Jordan or something. No. He, he couldn't block it. Like he, no. he can't get his hands that high. I think the world is his. Yeah, and this is. I mean, he's doing this again. He's doing this without a jump shot. It's been it's been talked about. Like um, you you talk about a guy like uh, Steph Curry uh, was a guy. The, the difference between players who excel in the mold that we've already seen. Let's talk about a Dwayne Wade, you know, who excels in the kind of Michael Jordan mold. He's like a Michael Jordan 2.0. Like on offense. Yeah, on offense, right? Like never to the levels of Mike. But, you know, he's a, a transcendent player, but he's kind of in the mold that we've seen before. Even LeBron has, has kind of the, the, even though he puts it together in a unique package, he kind of has what we've seen. He's got the, the Magic Johnson court vision, the uh, the yeah. Carl Malone physicality, uh, and, 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 you know, just and just the court generalship. But they talk about how Stephen Curry was like a game changer. He rearranges the way teams have to organize their defense around his shooting. Giannis is definitely in that latter category. He is the he is the he's the game like Zach Lowe made the point in his podcast. He can be you don't need to set a pick for him. He's so long and so wide. If he if he gets a dribble going to one side or the other, he doesn't need anyone to set a pick to create that separation. One stride from him is so much longer than his defenders that he'll get you if you take if you just turn your hips slightly. He's past you. He's he's gotten by by your hip and then he's just near the rim and flipping it up. So he rearranges the geometry of the court by the fact that he, he can get free. He can run a pick and roll by himself. He doesn't need the pick, and they can spot up around him. It's uh, yeah, it's amazing yeah. to see. Absolutely, I watched uh, the game against Portland, Milwaukee, Portland, and I, you know I came away saying like you know no one can guard this guy, but of course you know he's uh, he's Giannis, mm-hmm. and then uh, I've watched every game since a little uh, little little uh, window into my life. I watched the fourth quarter of every NBA game. Nice. I, I, I start, I have the, you know, I got a league pass. So I watch yeah. the fourth quarter. If it's like a 20 point lead, then I'll just keep skipping forward yeah. until it gets to like 10 points or until the game is over. No. But if it's close, I'll watch the fourth quarter of every game and then the full game, maybe one game a night that I really like. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So I guess, so I, I do the I, same thing, but I watch the halftime show for every game. So check that out. <laughs> you, you I just like the, the in arena. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I like the in arena entertainment. I really enjoy that. Yeah, that is pretty. <laughs> That's great. my corner. <laughs> I, I do love that too. Sometimes I hate it because I'm trying to like watch the game. I skip through, but other times I, I really soak it in. Oh, like, like when it's red panda. Like, yeah. is she gonna fuck up again? She's been fucking. Yeah. Or just like the hype people, where it's like. Yo, hey, we'll get the fuck up right now. The craziest fans win a $5 Pizza Hut gift card. Let's go. Let's go. And everyone's like ripping their shirts off. It's the best of like local news combined with like uh, combined with like the hype machine. It's fantastic. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. Especially if like the game's a blowout and like people who just went to this one game a year, they're trying to like recuperate their money. They're just like, fuck, I paid 80 bucks for this. So he's like, let me get that $5 gift card. Yeah, let's do this. this blow because this game's a blow. Yelling at the at the uh, cheerleaders because they don't have the arm to throw the uh, the, the t-shirts far enough <laughs> in the crowd. Like, come on, get her out of here. Get her yeah, out of here. So, so uh, I've watched every Giannis fourth quarter because uh, the games are actually pretty close. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, no one can guard him. Like, no. it, it sounds like easy to say that, but like I've actually watched every game, and I, yeah. I you know, I see when the, the when the it's crunch time and the the, the minutes matter, and just. People will, he'll be backing someone down, and this is, Sam, this is your famous thing, the, the fadeaway dunk, or the fadeaway lay-in, yeah. where he turns away from the hoop, like, he, he moves away from the hoop, usually it's like a right-hand scoop, and yeah. the arm is just so fucking long. So long, and yeah. You, you need a second person out there, there's no one who could defend that, like, yeah. it's just not possible, so... Man, I, I love everything Giannis. I, I love I'm him, buying it. I'm and buying he's such MVP. a fantastic story. Like the kid, uh, 22, right? I believe he turns 23 in December. Mm. Uh, as a young man coming over into from you know from from Greece, uh, adapting to the league, adapting to the culture, playing in Milwaukee. I mean, just like uh, and the fact that he, by all accounts, is, is such a hard worker. And you can see he must be a hard worker because he's improved so much. Year after year, like, it's easy to say, like, he's a physical, the freak, he's a freak of nature, physically, for sure. But he's combining that, he's definitely got a work ethic, that guy is, is definitely working on his game. He's out of that little Nowitzki-esque fadeaway, uh, you know, jumper when he goes off the foot and puts the knee up, impossible to block, uh, that Absolutely. kind of shot. If he can extend his range, I mean, you talk about the does sky's the limit. To, I mean, does, does he, he need really to? Does he really Like, I mean, Curry can't post up people. Like, yeah. it'd be great if he could, but he can't. He doesn't have to, he yeah. He does other things at elite level. Like, at elite level, yeah. Like, does he really need to? If you have three-point shooters around Giannis, I think that's good enough. Yeah. The one last thing I want to say about Giannis, and then I'll pitch you one of mine, mm -hmm. is that I think he's really benefited from a smart coach. I think Jay Kidd is like a really smart. It was a genius player. Bump into me. Bump into me. <laughs> That's a brilliant move. That's the trick play you're talking about. <laughs> he, 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 he thinks of things other people don't. Think of. <laughs> I'll put it that way. I'm not not firing yeah. shots here, but he thinks of things that other people don't think of. Yeah. And I think that uh, you know he's really benefited from a good culture. They have yeah. a, a good GM, good owners, and. You know, if he was playing for a, a maybe the 76ers, like uh, this could have gone wrong. Ooh, if it was yeah. for the the Magic or something like this, like yeah. it could have easily gone wrong. And I think that uh, that the Milwaukee they're building something great. And they, yeah. you know what I really like is they haven't traded for in like any big names. Yeah, there were talks. They were in the Kyrie discussions and maybe yeah. Bledsoe, but like they haven't given up their their young guys for. For a veteran to try to like win now, yeah. I think they're just kind of incubating what they have and and they're building it that way. That's smart, man. I think it's, I think I mean it, the point's been made. They kind of they have what you need for a championship team, and you need to have one of the best five players in the league. That's the best path to the championship. And they have a guy who by you know by all appearances is certainly that, and potentially you know ten years going to be in that in that category is one of the best five in the league. So how you build around him now is so interesting. The future of what Milwaukee does. What do you think about, just because you brought it up quickly, about a potential Bledsoe move to Milwaukee. If you're Milwaukee, are you exploring that? Are you pick, Are you, Are you? you looking at that? Are you picking no up? way. I mean, Brogdon won the Rookie of the Year, mm -hmm. and he's, I think it was the weakest Rookie of the Year. Yeah. And, I mean, well, Rookie of the Year is always pretty bad. Like, you look back at the people who have won, like Tyreek Evans, and there's a lot of, like... Shots fired, my man. Reek right there. <laughs> sketchy choices, but, uh, you know, I think he's he's really smart guy, and I think he won the Rookie of the Year. I think you build around him. I don't think you go for a veteran like Bud, so... Mm. But if the, if the price gets low enough, because it doesn't seem like there's a lot of demand, you know... Yeah. <laughs> a really great quote came out. Uh, Ryan McDonough, their their yeah. GM. Uh, they they held Bledsoe out of practice. This is about a week ago or two yeah. days ago. After Bledsoe tweeted that uh, I want to be out of here. Yeah, but he was just. And, and Ryan McDonough <laughs> said, 
He said that he was at a salon and with his girlfriend and didn't yeah. want to be there. We didn't believe him, so we decided to go to another... Wow, we didn't believe him. That's You never hear a GM speak that directly. And so, I mean, he's been, he hasn't been playing. He's held out of practice, told to stay yeah. home. And they haven't traded him. That means there is not a market for him. I'd so, say one thing. I'd rather have Eric Bledsoe than Ryan McDonough. I'd rather have Bledsoe than Ryan McDonough. I don't like... I mean, they're, they're young core. He, he, is, he seems to get a lot of credit for, you know, like, as, as being, like, people seem to think he's a, he's a good GM. I'm not sure. He's had that. a lot of lottery picks, man. He's had a lot of lottery picks. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that was a joke. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. He, like, he drafts a lot of lottery picks. Like, wow, he, he, yeah. Not, not good ones. You're just, back just again. Picks, yeah. Like, yeah. Welcome back to lottery. Yeah. Yeah. Remember, remember the, the, their best season in recent memory was the three-headed point guard season, right? That, that triple-headed monster. Are the best of those three players they and on the cheapest contract they traded away. The other two have both basically forced their way out of town. Like, yeah. they, like has any other team in recent memory squandered uh, uh, that potential of a core? Like, I don't know. I guess they did get some picks back from Miami and that. And but then they traded the Lakers pick for Brandon Knight. That was the worst one. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and then Knight. maxed them or like close to max them out. Yeah, my bet. My for a guy I put ten bucks on most improved player. Brandon Knight, no big deal. Um, <laughs> He's out for the season, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's for the end of June. All right, uh, pitch me your first. That's good. Uh, great stuff on Giannis as MVP. Uh, uh, what is your first tr- uh, trend that you see? That you want to know if I'm buying or selling? Yeah. So as I mentioned, kind of in the, at the top of the pod, uh, the the teams at the top. There's a lot. There's a lot of uh, su- suspect teams at the top. Yeah. And you know. Basically, like, it's, we're like 10 games in, but, like, the, the Western Conference is actually, it's, besides the Warriors being, like, seventh, you actually see a lot of playoff teams there. Like, mm. the Suns, the Kings, the Lakers, they're all at the bottom. Yeah. But the Eastern Conference is, is a little more wonky. At the top, you see the Pistons, you see the Magic, yeah. you see the Pacers. Those, those three teams are in the top four. At the... I mean, at the very bottom, you actually see the the Cavaliers. They are mm-hmm. they are third to worst, be, be only ahead of the Bulls and the Hawks, who are two teams clearly competing to tank, Try, trying <laughs> to lose. Yeah, yeah. Teams that are, just like, absolutely yeah. trying to lose. So, yeah. Sam, are you buying? I, I'm going to give you three teams. Yeah. You, you tell me which one you're buying. You only yeah. have one choice to buy. So you got. <clears throat> here are your choices. You got Magic. They are six and two currently. Tied for first yeah. in the Eastern Conference. You got the Pistons five and three, and the Pacers five and three. So you have those, those, uh, those, those, three, uh, teams. those three teams, all in the top four of the East. None of them were preseason favorites, or like none, they weren't getting any love. They're all surprises. Which I think when we went through staying? our when we went through our over unders and looked at them, I think that we didn't have in any of these three teams making the playoffs. No. Uh, potentially looking at one of the teams as a, as a potential fringe playoff team right there. You have one of these teams in our wins pool, which looks good for you right that now. Was, that was... <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a tough, tough, tough draw on the wins pool. But yeah, it, but the Magic, good. So you, you the, Magic the Pistons, and the Pacers. I mean, it's, been, it's been really, really interesting uh, watching this team. The Magic... Uh, have been off to just a scorching hot start, especially with the outside shooting um, and shooting from unusual places. Not the typical guard shooting. You think Aaron Gordon shooting at an absurd clip. 
I got the numbers. As right also here. and uh, and 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 Vuc- Vuc- I can never pronounce that guy's name. Vucevic. Vucevic. Vucevic also shooting at above forty percent. So you're three, saying Aaron Gordon's three, not going to continue shooting fifty eight percent from well, three points? He's no Tony Allen, Matt. It's no Tony Allen, all right? <laughs> uh, I give this guy a stat. He gives me a stab in the back. <laughs> he throws that out. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit you. Uh, if I gotta buy one of these three teams, I'm taking the Detroit Pistons. They were a team that I considered a uh, a, a, a contender for the playoff spot. I think I I think I actually ended up going with Brooklyn getting the eight spot uh, over the over them getting the, the number eight spot. I think that Avery Bradley takes uh, adds a new dimension to their team, brings them to another level. I don't know if Andre Drummond's free throw renaissance is sustainable. Uh, I don't know which which is the more unsustainable shooting streak, Drummond from the free throw line or Gordon from the three point line. I, I'm not sure, but um, both are great signs for the development of, the, of those players. I think that the Pistons have the elements. Uh, to b- be more sustainable over the season. Avery Bradley comes from that winning culture. He's one of the elite perimeter defenders in the league that has hugely values perimeter defenders. They beat the, he beat the Warriors again. The Bo- Boston, for years, has played the Warriors tough, and the last couple of years has gotten wins in Oracle Arena. And the Detroit Pistons did again. Avery Bradley is... Do you know a team who could use Avery Bradley? The Celtics. <laughs> I, I think that's really Celtics are the number really two bad. defensive team in the league. I right think now. that the trade looks really bad. For yeah. the lesser Morris. Like I know like you are gonna pay Bradley next year. Yeah. And you didn't know you're gonna get Isaiah. Everything like made sense in the moment. Right. And you needed that money to sign Hayward to the max. Right. That was a cap that was a cap. I, I think I think that's a TBD on the trade because we haven't seen Hayward on the team. But I see I, I uh, Yeah, but I think there were other moves that could have been made. There other players who could have gone. I, I think Avery Bradley is a player who Marcus Smart's ears just perked up. <laughs> and he started heading yeah, He's kind of one of those two and, and Smart's not a bad choice. I mean, I, I don't know. It it's just tough. I, I think I think Bradley is such a great two way player, like you said. Yeah. Like, that's just so hard to find. Like, yeah. If you had him in, in Portland next to Lillard, like that would be he'd be so good. Yeah. I mean, he's one of those guys that be, would look great in anyone's rotation because he doesn't have to necessarily be a starter. He can come off the bench. He can he can play offensively in your second unit. He can be a primary ball handler in the second unit. He's a he's a, a fantastic defender as we talked about. He can be part of that crunch time lineup and doesn't he, he, he need to have the be ball the in his hands. He might be the best defensive guard. Yeah, I mean, in well, terms of last year when he didn't win Defensive Player of the Year, a bunch of point guards came out and said, "This is bullshit." Like he should have won. He should have won. I mean, I think you look at the uh, probably because the NBA is just so pick and roll heavy, and his he he, he doesn't he can't, you can't switch him across four or five positions the way you can other guys because just his size limitations. But just one on as a one on one defender, absolutely, you know, yeah. uh, just amazing. Yeah, I, I like the Pistons. Um, I like them. Uh, uh, Reggie Jackson seems to have an early season looking good. Tobias Harris seems to be uh, morphing into that kind of like number one offensive uh, role. Uh, I think they've got more pieces that are, that are more general. I think that I think this is not smoke and mirrors. I think that the Detroit Pistons are going to be good going through. I think the Magic are riding some hot shooting. I think they'll regress to the mean. I think they'll still be competitive. I was about to say good, but then I remembered they're in the Eastern Conference, so you can't say good. I think they'll be competitive throughout the Only year. Only the top seed is good. And I think yeah, and I think and I think the Pacers will be uh, will be interesting. And uh, uh, but no, of those three, and actually that was one of my to buy or sell to you. So I I throw that one back at you, Matt. What which of those three teams are you buying, and which ones are you trying to sell quick? I'm gonna let the money stay in my pocket, my friend. Okay, I got I to buy any of this. I gotta choose one, man. Uh, Some of these, one of these three teams is probably making the playoffs. Well. I'm going to put the Pistons... I'm going to give you a little teaser. The Pistons are going to make an appearance in our next podcast. Ooh, exciting. But, uh, you know, as far as the legitimacy of these teams, 
All the depots. We just lost a thousand subscribers. <laughs> We're gonna give you more pistons than no podcast ever. <laughs> I didn't say how much pistons. It might be a surprising amount. You, you might be surprised where the pistons pop yeah. up. But uh, you know, Oladipo is another player who's shooting about fifty-seven percent. Yeah. And he's averaging twenty-six, and people are like. Who won the Paul George trade? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I still feel pretty good. Uh, you like, I, I still still I like Sam Presti. Sam. You think Sam Presti's just sweating? <laughs> just, <laughs> just like fuck. checking, watching Oladipo Sabonis pick Why and roll, just sweating. Ninety percent of the max for <laughs> Russ. You go stand in the corner. Let Oladipo and Sabonis run the pick and roll. You spot up for corner threes. <laughs> to be fair though, Sabonis, I was really surprised that people were so low on him at the end of the season. Like he was a rookie who was starting for a really good team. Uh, but uh, you know he's he's still only like nineteen twenty years old, so I'm not saying like he's going to be great. But yeah. uh, you know he was a starter last year for Oklahoma City. Yeah, That's pretty amazing. It's weird how they how we give up on certain rookies at, at certain points, and other people we get along. Like why has Bender it's, gotten years and years, and, and Alex Lynn and and Marquise Christie's sons rookie because they're on this low expectation shitty team. I yeah, mean, it's the team. But yeah, you're right. Starts so it's like, oh, this guy can start for a good team, like. That was the whole case for Malcolm Brogdon winning the Rookie of the Year over Dario Saric, who had better yeah. numbers. Like, well, Brogdon played meaningful minutes yeah. on a, a yeah. playoff team. Especially like, okay, the one, yeah. That makes sense. Like, yeah. But it's like, yeah, Sabonis did the same thing. So if I have to choose one of those teams, you know, I'm going to choose the Pistons as well. And like you said, all their players, all the players you mentioned are veterans. You yeah. know, they, they don't have, like, Ben Simmons hoping to contribute or some, like, potential Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown garbage. Like, yeah. Garbage! <laughs> Holy shit! This kid. But it's like 19 year It's our year, first live <laughs> fist fight recorded on the bucket. 19 year olds expecting to contribute. Yeah. That's, they don't have that. All their players are, are veterans. Yeah. Except for Stanley Johnson, but he's not. He's probably like the fifth or sixth best player. Yeah. You know, everyone else is kind of on their second contract. We kind of know what they are. And Sam Van Gundy, I think, has underperformed his time in Detroit, but I think. You know, he's got a team of uh, pretty decent players, so I think. Yeah. I, this is what they should be doing, that they should be. Like they should be a playoff team. They yeah, have yeah. Andre Drummond. This you know a a, a very very. Two thousand seventeen. It's tough to say. He's a tough player to fit in, but he's a he's definitely a dominant player. He's a dominant rebounder, shot blocker, a huge linchpin centerpiece. I mean, if he can shoot free throws, then he's a great player. It's really interesting. I mean, yeah. a couple of years ago, this team was looking. This was like their team is two years away from being a frisky eight seed. You know. That two years ago, they were an eight seed that people thought were frisky, and man, Andre Drummond could. And then things kind of uh, went downhill because of you know his uh, his free throw shooting, and, and the league kind of evolved away from players like that. The verticality became a, a lesser a, a, of lesser importance in the league. Uh, but they are they are they are where they should be. The Magic and the Pacers seem to be riding a little bit more of that early season Magic bullet. Uh, and 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 all three of these teams could miss the playoffs if my boys the in Brooklyn uh, picked up. Yeah, it's it's amazing that the verticality became less of a thing and basketball ability became more of a thing. Like weird, it's yeah. amazing. Like it's just not like a straight line. It's like it's intangible. No matter. So <laughs> Sam, I'm gonna put it to you. Yeah. This, we got a bet. We got a side bet. Mm-hmm. Where does Detroit finish in the Eastern Conference? Uh, I'll I'll let you go first. I got my answer. Ooh, you got yours ready? Can I get? I I want to break down. I want to break down. I still like. Okay. I still like the uh, the top five that we've talked about uh, all season long. Um, if you don't know them, go back listen to the old pods. Yeah, they're they're all classics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you got Cavs, Boston, Bucks, Toronto, and Wizards off the top, uh, which leaves three really shitty teams. The Cavs. 
Really taking the Cavs? They're 13th in the East right now, Sam. I know. I, 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 you I, think I they're going to move up. I'm putting money on the underdog. Yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. that's a uh, The Heat and Charlotte taking those 6th and 7th. And so we got one of these teams making the 8th seed or Brooklyn. I, I put the Pistons as the 8th seed. Oh, that's the same as me. I'll, okay, I'll, ooh, shit. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll change. I'll change mine to 9th. Brooklyn's still getting the 8th seed. Brooklyn's still ooh, getting the 8th seed. I didn't take mine to 7th. There's a 3-second there's a portion of the pod where I doubted Brooklyn making the playoffs. Please... We'll go back and delete that. I was about to talk to our editor, but I remember that's me too. <laughs> to be fair, we both chose eight, so I'll go to seven, you go to nine. If it's eight, we split. And yeah, we'll think of a side bet for this one. This is a juicy one. Uh, we both think Detroit's not going to finish as the one seed. We think they're going to regress pretty hard. Oh, so. yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely coming down. Definitely coming down to earth. Well, uh, let me pitch one to you, buying or selling, Matt. On the flip side of teams that we expected to be near the bottom, being near the top. We have teams that we expected to be near the top. They're currently either at the bottom or in the middle. Uh, we talked so, about one of those teams right now. Sorry, Sam. I just want to give the viewers a little, or listeners a little uh, insight. At the beginning of the podcast, Sam asked me, how many do you have? Uh, how many buyer cells do you have? I'd say like four. And Sam's yeah. like, oh, we might both have some of the same. I said, no, no, we don't, we don't have any of the same. <laughs> so far, we have two of the same. I like I you thought, the how did you think, how did you think Magic, <laughs> Detroit, and Indianapolis was a deep cut? Like, come on, that's like the mother... They look at the standings for one second. It's the first thing you think is, what the fuck did you I also got the bottom teams. Yeah, the bottom teams, the top teams. I want to talk about the... So which bottom teams are, are you buying? Which bottom teams am I buying? So, I mean, that, that's your question. Is Which of these bottom teams are you buying? No, we, we, we just did that one. I'm doing the next one now. Which of well, the we top... We did top teams are you buying. Top, okay. We're, we're talking past each other right here because you're talking about... This year, I'm talking about expectation-wise, right? So I'm, when I say b- uh, top teams, I mean teams that we both expect to be at the top come year's Okay, match. yeah, that, absolutely. So last year's Eastern Conference and Western Conference champions, the Cavaliers and the Golden State Warriors, have been off to a rough start this year. The Warriors have dropped several games. They dropped their home opener. They lost a game in Memphis. They lost a game to the Detroit Pistons. The Cavaliers are at the bottom next to Brooklyn in terms of defense in the league. They look discombobulated and awful. They're dropping games left and right. Struggles for these teams. I'm not saying any of these teams are missing the playoffs or anything like that, but struggling throughout the year. Is this going to be a theme just as a storyline? So let me pitch this to you Absolutely. because I don't want to overreact. We're not gonna. We're not. We're not gonna sit here and pretend that the Warriors are gonna miss the playoffs. The Cavaliers. We're not gonna entertain this silliness, whatever, like that. But as a storyline, these teams struggling throughout the year, the Cavaliers and the Warriors. Are you buying or selling either of these, both or none? I think the Warriors are in big trouble. They've dug themselves a hole. They're already .5 games behind the first place in the Western Conference. Already .5. <laughs> done. done. I mean. The Warriors, because they're not 8-0, and people are overreacting, but they're 5-3. and three. They're .5 games behind the first place. <laughs> first place team, yeah. Like, yeah, they've struggled because like, they're not on pace to win 72. Well, look at what 5-3 and three means to different teams. You're like, you're like Detroit's 5-3. and three. Holy shit, Sam Gunner's coach of the year. And executive of the year. He's that guy. And most improved player. Like, you know, and then fucking, yeah, then the Warriors and the sky's falling, yeah. The Warriors are fine. I, I, I love to watch the Warriors. I watch their fourth quarter every game. Even if... Oh, I'll get to this on the next podcast. It'll be interesting. But uh, you know, the team who is not fine is a team who I took the under very heavily. I gave the highest confidence rating for the mm-hmm. under. I said... Le- I, I laughed when people said LeBron is going to win the MVP. I thought this team is horrible. Like, they're, they're choosing... They're, they're signing... You know, Dwayne Wade for free, Derek Rose for free. These are 
great for to sign him for the minimum contracts. Mm-hmm. But like Dwayne Wade is a, a huge sieve, and he's going to, you know, I I didn't realize how much he's going to change the culture in yeah. a negative way. I I think I think Dwayne Wade thinks he's got the second biggest dick on the team, mm-hmm. metaphorical dick, <laughs> and. Uh, and I think that's a big problem for the team. Mm. You know, we saw he started the season, and that mm-hmm. was horrible. Like, you know, he's averaging four points a game on, like, 20% shooting, just yeah. absolutely abominable. And, you know, doesn't understand the, the how the, the team runs, how they move the ball. Yeah. And I think I think this is a team that really needs Bledsoe. I think they need a real point guard. Derrick Rose, mm-hmm. is, he's all right. He's all right as your backup. But you know, like Isaiah Thomas, like when is he coming back in January? Like I yeah. think I think that's too late, and he's not part of the future. I think there, this is a team that needs Bledsoe. And I pitched it last podcast, and it was kind of like, almost like a joke. Huh. But you know, Kevin Love, because they want him to play the five, and he's really bad at it. Huh. I think Bledsoe and something else, or include a three team and get Kevin Love out of there. Nice. So you don't he's, move that Brooklyn pick. For Bledsoe, no way. No way. I, I, I don't. I mean, I just don't think they're gonna win. Why do they? Why does the Suns take Love though? Because he's an amazing player. I think he's one of the best players in the NBA. I think. I think if he's the the feature of the offense, he can go back to being a top twenty player. I think so too. But I just wonder if the if the the Suns. I don't think. I don't know if they figure that for their timeline. Is that how they see themselves? But they you know? play pretty fast, and you know what mm-hmm. Kevin Love is is he's he's really fast. He's great at shooting threes. He's great at getting the outlet rebound. Like I think. Yeah. I think he'd be amazing on the Suns. I think I think they would love to have him. He's not he's not old. He's like twenty eight or twenty nine. Like that seems like the kind of thing a, a desperate GM would do try to save his job. <laughs> I mean, Ryan McDonough might be listening to this pod right now. Maybe get some Absolutely, yeah. that's interesting. That'd be an inter- that'd be an interesting trade. Yeah, the Cavaliers. Yeah. What worries me more than just the players on the court is like it, it, you talked about it with Dwayne Wade coming on. Like like we know that Tyron Lue, his title is head coach. But Dwayne Wade comes in, like, why is that guy starting you when you have J.R. Smith right there and you know sending him to the bench is going to, like, wound his pride and, the, and you know, the effort and he's pouting he's not playing well to start the season. That's and then, really weird, too. Who That's announced, really weird, too. Who announced that Dwayne Wade was going back to the bench? It wasn't Tyron Lue. It was Dwayne Wade in the press conference. He said, you know what, I've reconsidered. I'm going to, I'm going to go back to the bench. Like, is Tyron Lue... What there is, is zero culture there. Who is he coaching? Except for LeBron. Know? I mean, yeah. LeBron by himself is... Is the greatest culture you could have from a player. Yeah. But that's not how you build a culture. It's 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 insane. It's gonna be. I mean, it just it just makes the offseason like the potential implosion of this team, which is why I completely agree with you. I do not think they are trading away that Brooklyn pick because I think that they see if LeBron leaves, this is imploding. They have basically a, a, a lame duck dead head coach at that point. A bunch of aging vets that they put around LeBron and attempt to build this kind of like you know. I mean, not just an attempt. They won a championship and they've been to three in a row, like you know. And we might see. For, they've done amazingly. They've done amazingly. You cannot, you cannot complain about these results. These are these are first world NBA problems. That they're the top of the pecking order. They do have deep structural problems at the same time. They also have LeBron James, who's just not engaged yet. So I'm I I I, I I'm not buying either of these teams as being worried. Well, to be fair, Halloween is the start of the. Traditional NBA season. That's right. So I mean, you know, is this all preseason? Did you see their Halloween party? Did you see any of the footage from I, I the did. Cavaliers Halloween party? Yeah, I saw the the Pennywise, the, yeah, the it, and uh, yeah, Isaiah Thomas is easy. I, I didn't see that one. I saw the 
the Kyle Korver was a Willy Wonka. The Johnny Depp Willy Wonka. Yeah, Johnny Depp Willy Wonka. Yeah, yeah. Hired two Oompa Loompas to follow him around too. There you go. Yeah. Strong move. Easy to hire Oompa Loompas when you're like six foot eleven. You can just hire normal, normal height people. <laughs> and be like, yeah, I replied, but I was too short. Yeah, they're like, yeah, like, oh, yeah, sorry, no, no, you get, we have to crop you <laughs> into the picture somehow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm not buying being worried about either of these teams. The the Warriors, because of the Warriors, they're gonna figure it out. And uh, and again, like you said. They're not doing that badly, actually. And the Cavaliers, because they play in the fucking East, <laughs> they can turn this around, you know? I, I mean, the Warriors could be first tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow, they could be first in the Western Conference. Right so back on top. Like, right back on top, yeah. It's ridiculous. And I think the the loss they had to Detroit, they had 24 turnovers. I watched that game. Yeah. It, it was ridiculous. Uh, I mean, the time to worry about the Warriors, like, I think there will be a point when I'm interested to see how the Warriors react, and that's when they face late season and playoff adversity. Because this is the team that has done three straight trips to the finals. They talk about, Steve Kerr is on the record multiple times, talking about the mental toll that takes on your team. These repeated trips, playing late, late, late into the summer, making the finals year after year. The, the mental fortitude you have to have to build that kind of championship contender year after year. I'm really interested to see, but like October is not the time to test. They're not being their metal is not being tested yet. Absolutely not. Yeah. yeah. All right, Sam. I got one more for you. Pitch it to me. Buy or sell, real or BS. We got some three point shooters, and then a lot of players are are Shop shooter. fire. Yeah. Are fire. And these are not a small sample size. Most players are between thirty and forty five attempts. Mm-hmm. So these are yeah, not small sample size. Yeah, thirty five and forty. Yeah, we're we're getting there. I'm gonna give you. Three names. Yep. And you gotta tell me which one you are buying. Not. By the way, these are all above fifty percent. So nice. Not you're buying to maintain, but you're buying as forty percent or plus to finish the season. It's gonna be a sniper. It's gonna be a sharp, a sharp shooter. Yeah. Okay. So you got Aaron Gordon. He shot uh, twenty six three pointers. He's shooting fifty eight percent. But bang, fifty eight. Kelly Olynyk. He's also shot uh, almost the same. In the 20s, he shot 55%. But bang And then you got Otto Porter Jr., just fresh off a, a max contract. He's shooting 51%. Of these three players, who who do you think is legit? Because Can I buy two? Can I, I buy two? I you wanna... can only buy one. Ah. Uh, I'll give you some other wonky names while you're yeah. thinking. Like, uh, we got Raymond Felton. I guess he's skinny Raymond Felton now. When he played for Portland, he was fat Raymond Felton. <laughs> yeah. 56%. Uh, we got Chandler Parsons. Oh, I should probably put him on the list. And, uh, 50, I'm, I'm, I'm going to add him to the list because Chandler Parsons is a funny guy. He's shooting 50%. Tatum shooting 50%. Bye. And uh, Bye. Oladipo is shooting 50%. Now, uh, so. Okay, let's just expand the list. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm going to go back a little bit. I didn't prepare well enough. I'm going to give you six names. You tell me who you're going to buy. You got Tatum, I still can only buy one? You got oh, Tatum Jesus. at 50 Parsons at 50%. Oladipo at 50%. Felton, no, no, not Felton, no, no, uh, Olenek at 55%, Aaron Gordon at 58%, and then Otto Porter, Otto Porter Jr. at about 51 or 52. Uh, I can only buy one of these? You can only buy one. Jesus. Two. I, like, who do you think is going to have the highest percentage come season's in? Okay, my heart wants me to buy Tatum because I love what this young man's doing. I'm so happy with 
our trade <laughs> to get to get rid of faults on his shoulder and weird mental issues and get and we picked up and a Fultz's we picked doctor. up a draft pick to get rid of Tatum for yeah, Fultz and, Fultz's doctor. and his agent yeah but if I can just speaking on his behalf uh, I'm so happy about that trade we got a, and we got an asset to get off him and get to Tatum Tatum looks great uh, but a rookie being above forty percent would be it would be I think it's a little too much to ask for the young man uh, I my. My heart also wants me to select Kelly Olynyk because Big Kelly. If it's Game Seven, if if every game was Game Seven, I'd choose Kelly, Kelly Olynyk, obviously. Uh, but game. no, the the guy I'm buying from that list is Otto Porter. Man, this guy, his stroke is so fundamental and looks so good, and he's reacted so well to getting that big contract. The way that he comes off screens and and this and the consistency of his shot. The, the form that looks the same, it's just a textbook jumper form. It reminds me a little bit of the Ray Allen form, but he holds it a little bit higher than Ray Allen. Ray Allen had, you know, to have the elbow in. He didn't have the perfect L elbow. He had the elbow. He kept the elbow out a little bit. Otto Porter's also got kind of like the, the little bit of the wider arm, but it's, just, it's such a pretty jumper. And it's just so smooth, and he's been in the, in the league and, and knocking the shots down for longer. I buy Otto Porter as a 40% uh, three-point shooter this year. I like I think it. he is a... Dead on outside shooter. I got a little trivia for you, Sam. The the Celtics acquired the the Lakers pick mm. in the uh, in the uh, Markel Fultz trade. Right. Do you remember how that pick came to the Philadelphia 76ers? Was that the was that part of the? Um, no, that wasn't the uh, uh, sauce That wasn't the Stavskis. Sacramento cream dumpster fire salary. That dump, was right? the worst trade. Um, was no, I did not remember how that one came to the. That was season. the Brandon Knight trade we we mentioned earlier. That's what only one I mentioned is to bring you wow. back. Yeah, the, the the Suns could have set on that pick. Yeah. And said they took took on Brandon Knight. Protected two through five, but the Sacramento Kings are somehow involved because if it doesn't go to the if it's not second through five for the Lakers, it becomes an unprotected Sacramento pick. Right, right. In the right. following year, was that part of the dumpster fire? Uh, Nick Stauskas sell-off? Yeah, it could be. That, that was the probably the worst trade ever. They thought they were getting Wesley Matthews for the max, so they, they gave up like a, a first-round pick to dump off. To dump. To dump off their lottery pick, Stauskas. Yeah. And uh, Jason Thompson or some cap filler. Yeah. <laughs> God. And didn't, didn't get Wes Matthews. Wow. He's like, I mean, he, he and was, Hanky's he just was, like, okay. <laughs> he, Wes Matthews was one of, like, the, maybe, probably five in that, yeah. that free agent offseason. But, yeah. uh, you know, to not know you're getting the guy and then to make that trade is, that's just ridiculous. Just, for, just ridiculous. Just ridiculous. You look around, who should we give the money to? All right. I got one more for you. I got one more for you. This is a shot that's off the board, so feel, feel, free to, feel free to work your way through it here. Uh, my last one for you right now. Uh, news has just been leaked. Uh, it's been reported that the uh, the Seventy Sixers have no intention of making any sort of offer to Jaleel Okafor. I was gonna mention that next. Yeah, yeah, that's it, great. No intention of making an offer to Jaleel Okafor, which brings it, the, the total result. The deadline is passed. So yeah. So the total results of the of the first years of the process, Nerlens Noel out of town, uh, Jaleel Okafor, Michael Carter Williams, obviously long gone, uh, and the long history of the process right there. Brian Colangelo as a general manager. Matt, if you're calling the shots, of his handling in the post-Hinky era, what do you think? Are you buying or selling Brian Colangelo as your as a as a as your GM? I'm buying it, man. I, I think Colangelo's done well. I think Hinky was the one who drafted horribly, mm. and that Colangelo has actually made a really exciting team. Uh, again, this, we'll talk about this on our next podcast. 
But the 76ers are so much fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And if you search 76ers highlights on YouTube, the first results for every game, because I, I do this, mm-hmm. are Embiid and Simmons highlights. Yeah. That's what comes up. And it's got 400,000 views. And it's only these teams. It's, oh, yeah. sorry, only these players. There's no Redick. There's no Saric. There's, no, there's just these two players. Yeah. Because these two players are great. And, I mean... I think it was a mistake to draft so many big men. That was mm-hmm. that was Hinky's problem, and I think Colangelo probably could have traded him earlier. Sorry, traded uh, um, uh, our boy uh, Okafor. Okafor traded him a little bit earlier, but you know this is not his problem drafting it. He he inherited this problem, mm-hmm. and apparently there were some offers on the table last year that were better than what he get now, which is apparently nothing. Nothing. Yet. You know, I said on the last podcast or two podcasts ago that. I believe, this was no inside information, that there was not even a second round pick available. Mm-hmm. And so they were going to keep him through the end of his contract mm-hmm. and let him walk. Right. Instead of trading him for a second round pick or something really bad, yeah. because they would lose face. I, I, I believe that was so important. This is a Taiwanese general manager that's afraid of losing face. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, yeah, it's an Asian culture. You know? <laughs> Bow and don't lose face. But uh, I believe that I'm 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 sort of right in in this way, like where they they didn't pick up his option. Yeah. And then I think, I don't know if he does get traded. I think, I think I think they want to just maintain face. Like this guy didn't perform well. They'll spin mm. the narrative like you know this guy didn't put in the effort in the gym or something. Right. And then they let him walk because for them that's better than trading him for the the fifty fifth pick in the draft. And right. like shit, we traded the third pick for the fifty fifth pick. Yeah. You know we we fucked up. I think. You know, job security and uh, sort of public perception is more important to them. I called it a couple of weeks ago. And I think it's kind of coming true. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just I, I agree with what you said about uh, the Okafor situation, and you did absolutely nail that one on the head. I just uh, I, I don't like what Colangelo has done, hmm. and I don't know if this makes me like a you know a hinky or a process fan or whatever like that. I just feel like I feel if 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 Hinky had a, a big a big miss, it was. In accumulating all these assets, and he's been called out, and he was, and Zach Lowe mentioned this when he interviewed him, was that if you're going to build all these draft picks and get all these picks, not just the number one picks, the high lottery ones, the, those ones in the 20s and the early second round, you have to nail some of those. Yeah. And they really didn't nail anything in the back half of the draft. And, and I guess not in the front half of the draft either. Michael Carter Williams got shipped out of town for more assets, though. Also a former rookie of the year. Ner- Nerlens Noel, obviously, uh, shipped out for, for not a lot, and that guy fucking passed on $70 million. Holy shit. And then uh, Okafor. But I feel like Colangelo, there's two things that bother me. One is I feel like he has really damaged the trade value of Okafor. Like, that guy is a competent offensive player. You see him come in, like, he is, he is a... He's he can handle the ball. He can move. He's lighter this year. Like I I I understand he is an absolute atrocity on the defensive end, and he's not getting any minutes. And but you've just absolutely submarined his trade value, for what doesn't seem to be a lot of reason. Why can't that guy get more minutes off the bench? Why is Amir Johnson? Are you really that all in on the playoffs this year? You need to be that eight seed that Amir Johnson needs to be playing over this guy. And when Rashawn Holmes gets healthy, and Rashawn Holmes will be way ahead yeah, of him too. Sure. I mean, this is the time of year, especially with uh, with Embiid on a minutes restriction still, and, this, and the guy still can barely sniff the court. Um, like at least give something to give him some trade value, and the, the handling of the faults injury situation. I think some of that has to be on the on the general manager right there. That is just it is bizarre. I can't remember a stranger. Just a more bizarre NBA story. 
and it's almost like it's been talked about so much, but it's it's almost like it's been talked. It's one of those weird stories that's been talked about enough that, but we still don't know what the fuck is going on with it. It's almost like you've heard it so much, but you, you that you haven't actually thought about. You're it. like immune to how weird it is. Like this guy, like do we? We still don't know. Like some basic facts here. We don't know. Did his shoulder injury lead to him changing his shot, or did changing his shot cause his shoulder injury? I, I think it's the first one. That's what the word from Faults in his camp is, but Brian Colangelo hinted at otherwise during a recent interview. He said that the shoulder injury started after he appeared to tweak his shot. I don't know if since then they've had a joint press conference and got on the same page, but as of those were competing storylines. Well, I mean, uh, I called the Okafor thing, and you called the Marco Fultz does not want to play basketball thing. You've been saying it since the summer. Whenever anyone's getting hot on him or like talking about potential or the over-unders, you're... You always said, is there, is there anyone less interested in playing basketball than Markel Fultz? And, yeah. you know, this, I think this is something he could be playing through. Yeah. I, I think he's just a guy who doesn't really care that much. Like, but if you see, but do you see his free throws? And, like, I mean, there's, and this I, guy I who shot 40 I, I saw him shoot from his right shoulder and airball to the left of the rim. I mean, and this is a guy, I mean, he didn't attempt a single three-point shot. Like, either there's something physically wrong with him. Either there's something a little physically wrong, or very psychologically wrong. Like it is, uh, it, it is, it's, it's the most bizarre story, when, especially when you consider how hyped this rookie class has been. And he's the number one pick. And the rookie class has been good. The rookie class has been good. It has been good. But at the same time, I feel like the yeah, the rookie of the year, it's, it's Simmons to lose, eh? Like yeah. this guy is I mean, just yeah. a monster. After watching preseason, I was just, I was. I said on the pod, like, this is this is Simmons' year. Like, yeah, he's amazing. Like, he, like, Another I, great call, yeah. Like, I, I think this, I think he's, he could win the MVP in a couple of years. I think he is that, that good. I think he's better than Embiid. Absolutely. I, I, I would, I think he's definitely a safer bet than Embiid. Embiid safe, has, safe has the, uh, the insane no limit ceiling, but like, we gotta, just give me a year, please. Just give me a year with that blowing out something and yeah, just like, you, you oh, gotta see the, he's like a deer on ice, man. You're just like, Jesus, it's not gonna end well. Anyway, um, I think we're, we're getting close to some stuff we wanna save for our, for our next pod right now. Ooh, I'm excited. Uh, we're going back to talk about just some league pass rankings, the teams that we're most excited to look at, the teams that we're most excited to watch. Three teams we're most out. excited to watch. I'm so excited. It's gonna be very, very fun. We're gonna come back at you with that. Thank you guys very much for joining us. This has been our real or not buying and selling early NBA season. Thank you very much. Remember, this is last week to buy Lonzo Ball's shoes, only $4.95 for the big baller brand shoes. Last week, the price is probably going to go up, so you can get them now. And check out Takeout Comedy in Hong Kong if you want to get some tickets to the finals of the Hong Kong International Comedy. if you're a hacker, you know, just hack the system, vote for Sam. Bang, yes. If you're a system happens to be troll for other people. If yeah. you're a chef, just food poison the the other contestants. Do whatever ah. you can to help Sam win. I'll just take we're it all to behind the top. Sam. Yeah, we'll let you know how that goes, guys. Love you very much, and we're back at you next time with our league pass rankings. Bye bye. Hey.